Hello and welcome to the Yoga with Molly Off the Mat podcast. I'm your host Molly and in this podcast we talk all things yoga and life off of the mat. Let's get started. Hello again yogi friends. Um, Podcast coming to you slightly earlier this week because I am taking an impromptu duvet day. Well, I'm not really sure how much time I'm going to be spending in the duvet, but my baby has been a little bit spewy the last 24 hours. Um, So I'm thinking that he is better off taking a duvet day. We were supposed to be in baby class right now a nappy in the bin <laughs> but he seemed a little bit spewy or there was potential for spewiness right before we were about to leave so I decided better for us to stay home and have a day of cuddles and snuggles and just rehydrating and um, taking care of ourselves so here we are we're at home um, and do you know as someone, I consider myself really, really introverted. I love cancelled plans. <laughs> it's not to say that I think that psychologically or even physically that that is the healthiest approach or outlook to have. Um, I think for me, it's actually really, really important as part of my wellness to push myself to get out, get some fresh air, go walking, socialise, meet people. And I always feel better after I do. Um, But that having been said, (laughs) I do love cancelled plans. I do, I do love having a clear schedule, plans cancelled, stay at home and just relax and get really cosy any day or time of year. Um, That is really welcome in my books. And today is one of those days I get to do um, more of the things that I would really love. So baby is kind of sleeping off whatever has been bugging him for the last 24 hours. And I'm just kind of pottering around. Um, yeah, cleaning up rogue baby bottles by the side of the bed. What happens is, because we're still doing a lot of night feeds with him, we wake up in the morning kind of surrounded by a graveyard of <laughs> all of his bottles and muslins and outfit changes or nappies that we forgot to put in the nappy bin. So uh, yeah, in the morning, um, a little cleanup routine is very, very um, necessary. Um, yeah, otherwise, um, not a huge amount to report generally. Happy International Women's Day, which happened this week. I'm recording this on Thursday, so it's the morning after the night before. So <laughs> I hope uh, for everyone, um, women and allies, um, that you had um, a really powerful day yesterday, whatever that meant for you, whether it was a treat yourself day, uh, whether you spent the day learning, hearing other people's stories, feeling deeply, reflecting, you know, fighting for causes that you care about or um, spending time with wonderful women in your lives. And if you did none of those things, you can still do them any day of the year. <laughs> um, you know, um, not just on, on, on International Women's Day. So um, yeah, if uh, if you feel inspired uh, to go play catch up on any and all of those things and, and you know, some uh, of, of your own list, um, you know, book, book that time and, and get out and do it. Um, 
Um, what did I get up to on the day? Uh, I definitely have to play catch up. Um, in my case, it was a pretty normal day of mama-ing. <laughs> um, I did spend the day reflecting. I spent the day reflecting on what it means to me this year. And, um, you know, on the on the one hand, it's really interesting because of the stage of life that I'm in right now, I spend most of my time in women-led environments. Um, and that's really, a, you know, as a result of the fact that women get a disproportionately higher amount of maternity leave than um, men do. So naturally, um, any kind of um, infant care spaces, so it's, if it's the play group that I go to or um, any kind of postnatal doctor's appointments or postnatal fitness or anything like that. I mean, some of them are designed physiologically um, for a birthing body. Um, but in, in a lot of cases, it's majority women there because um, uh, any um, male co-parents have um, gone back to their work. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm in... I'm in environments that are led by women, I'm surrounded by women, they're designed for women. So I'm living in this in this really like um woman-centric world and it's all kind of designed around what works for mum, um for a woman. Um so yeah, different than any other year when I may have been kind of reflecting on these themes in the context of a really um male centric um you know corporate environment which is which is the one that i've um spent most of my adult life um you know spending time in environments that are really masculine um in that they put a lot of emphasis on you know uh leadership quote-unquote you know what's interesting about this I looked up leadership is seen as a masculine quality <laughs> um, whereas empathy supportiveness nurturance that kind of thing are seen as feminine qualities I'm not talking about um gender anymore uh, men men and women I'm, I'm talking about the masculine and the feminine um and you know the the notion for sure that both can live within us but leadership is seen as a masculine quality as is um assertiveness competitiveness drive um all of these um all of these things Anyway, before we go down a rabbit hole of how hard it is to be a woman in the workplace and sexism, uh, meet me for a coffee. We can talk for that for hours on a different <laughs> occasion. Um, but what I will say was a really different change of scene for me this year is um, is that I am in these you know predominantly female occupied uh, spaces. Um, at the moment and how lovely it is <laughs> it's so nice to be able to you know feed our babies um in a lot of cases women are nursing so if they're nursing directly from the breast that they're able to do so freely without observation and judgment that we're able to eat dance sing be silly um you know really lean into the aspect of ourselves that is you know a, a mother and I, I don't really want to define what that looks like or what that means 
uh, to you, I think um, motherhood can be very wild. <laughs> if I think about anyone harming my baby, definitely it hits a really, really primal nerve. Um, so m- motherhood is not all, um, you know, lullabies and caressing our baby's cheek. <laughs> motherhood can feel wild, aggressive, driven, you know, all, all of these things, but that, that you're able to sink into that you know, unashamedly, without judgment or observation, that you're not living in this constant reality of the male gaze. Um, that has been liberating. That has been lovely. Um, although that having been said, you heard me say not a few minutes ago how shy I get when <laughs> the postman comes to the door <laughs> um, to to deliver my post and it essentially sees me in what is a really honest portrayal of motherhood. If any other mum were to come and visit me, I wouldn't think twice about the fact that my hair is in a pineapple on my head and you know there's bottles lying all around and you know, nappies on the floor and that kind of stuff. Um, so anyway, it's interesting. I just have been thinking about it through an entirely new, new lens. And, um, hopefully in my yoga teaching, um, that is something that I I can use to inspire me to build a really embodied and honest flow, um, at some, at some point. Actually, while we're on the topic of building, a flow. The other thing that did happen this week is I booked myself um, a reading with an astrologer um, who looked at my birth charts and, you know, we had kind of a, a session where we discussed it and, and did did some meditation and it was Oh, it was so lovely. It was so cool. It's something that I've always, always wanted to do now. If you've listened to um, the podcast for a while, you'll know that I um, take exercises like this with a heavy pinch of salt, (laughs) which is to say that um, I really enjoy engaging in, what's the best way to describe it? Maybe the world of magic? (laughs) Um, Oh, actually, that might be the postman. One second. It was my local friendly postman indeed. Um, anyway, as I was saying, I I really enjoy, um, yeah, you know, playing in the world of magic, the supernatural, spirituality. I find it really fun. And I think sometimes if themes that I discover in that exploration inspire me, then what is wrong with that if it feels aligned to things that you had considered in your very or in my very rational day-to-day life if there's moments in that that allow me to tap into creativity and inspiration and an ambition that is bigger and dreamier than what I'm coming up with in my day-to-day then I think it can be a really fun pathway to do that what I don't do though is kind of hand my life over to um uh to anyone working in that field and generally I found most people I've come across actually are working with um really positive intention and a lot of integrity but you need to be able to know the difference between um you know someone with um 
malicious intent versus, uh, you know, some, someone who is there in a really supportive capacity um, for you. Oh, look at that baby just woke up. Hello, do you want to say hi to the podcast at all? You want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> Um, let's hold hands while I finish this little segment and then maybe we go do some playing. What do you think? Yeah. Um, what I was going to tell you actually in this reading, a couple of things that really, uh, inspired me. First of all, um, the, uh, the lady who was doing my reading told me that I do tend to have really big dreamy ideas. I would say that that's true. I love to think big, but that I struggle maybe to ground them also true. (laughs) You'll hear me all the time on the podcast say, I want to use this as inspiration to build a flow. I want to use that as inspiration to build a flow. And the flow has yet to be built. And I don't know at what point in my life I think all these things are going to get built. (laughs) Um, I keep thinking, oh, after I'm pregnant, after the postnatal period, after I've gone back to work, once I get some holiday. And the truth is life doesn't work like that. You kind of need to grab the bull by the horns and strike while the iron's hot if I'm not you know, beating metaphors to death in that last sentence. Um, <laughs> even baby is laughing. Hello. <laughs> Did you have a nice nap? Are you feeling better? I hope so. I hope so. So we can play together. Um, so that is something that I want to work on. That rang really true. And so I kind of want to go back and make a list of all of the things that I said that I would do And depending on how long the list is, I'll commit to a realistic number of them and do them. (laughs) And I'm going to take a done is better than perfect approach um, for that. And you know what? I can film them and then decide later if if I'm happy enough with the quality to put them out or how I want to promote them. But I'm going to just do the thing, Um, especially when it comes to kind of recording content and teaching flows. Um, My body is ready to be back on the mat. Um, The greatest test of that to me, in all honesty, has been how comfortable I feel in three-legged downward dog. (laughs) Um, Yeah, downward dog, I was doing all through pregnancy right up until the end. Um, It genuinely is, not for long periods of time, but it is a position of comfort for me. I like the the gentle stretch that I get through my legs. I love the spinal decompression. I love being able to kind of shake my head, um, you know. Uh, so there's a lot about it that just makes me feel really good, even just for short periods of time. You know, if I'm on the floor for some reason, I might transition back to standing um, via a downward dog just in my day-to-day life. <laughs> um, but like I said, I'm there for seconds as opposed to holding it for a long period of time, which I think for a lot of newbies and also very experienced yogis um, can be something that they just don't enjoy. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm one of those. I don't like holding downward dog for a long period of time. Um, child's pose, different game <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, are you enjoying watching me chat on the podcast? He's at an age now where he really loves watching my mouth move. It's really interesting to him. So seeing all of the shapes <laughs> when I'm talking. Oh, you should see him now. He's laughing. <laughs> well, he, when I say laughing, he has a big, big smile on his face. Give me a kiss. Mwah. Thank you for my kiss. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, anyway, that was the first thing, grounding. So I will be doing that exercise. I don't know how I'm going to be able to listen to every single podcast episode I've ever done. Uh, maybe a good exercise in me 
editing, but I will do my best. <laughs> Where are we now? We must have 27 episodes so far. Um, we're into our third season. This is episode 10 episodes a season, eighth episode. So yeah, that would make sense that I've done 27 episodes. Um, so maybe over the course of the next month, if I listen to one each day, I will make that list and I will do the thing, the things. <laughs> um, and the other thing that came up, and to be honest, this has always been a dream of mine. Um, she said, I see in your chart, you're a writer and you have at least one book in you, if not several. And I, for years, again, I'm always coming up. Yes. Was that a cough or a sneeze? I'm not sure. Or a laugh. I'm not sure, mister. <laughs> um, so uh, don't, don't mind me if I chat to the baby as well as chat to you. Um, this is this is honest motherhood. <laughs> um, but I have always had book ideas come to me ever since I was a teenager. Um, and I've always wanted to be a writer and I've always wanted to write books. And I just have never known, again, I, I've never known how to ground the ideas. Um, I come up with good stuff and then the execution is uh, is something that I need to build some discipline around. Oh, bless you. There's your sneeze. There it was. It was hiding. <laughs> Can I have another kiss? Thank you. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that is the other thing that I... I, I don't know. I do not know what the next steps are. If you have any experience in writing, in publishing, the creative process specifically, um, I would love to hear from you. One thing that I might revisit, I have that book, The Artist's Way. Um, and I think I had only gotten as far as the first chapter, which is Morning Pages, a few years ago and I used to do morning pages religiously every morning and I followed the advice I never reread my morning pages I just wrote and wrote and wrote every morning and I was so busy doing that I never finished the book <laughs> I only got about three pages in so maybe that is something for me to pick back up again this year I'm not sure how to manage morning pages with a newborn baby because I just can't guarantee that I would have that space to write for that long during this period of time. Um, there may come a point later in the year where I kind of mix up my childcare or maybe at the weekends or something or, or his nap times become a bit more predictable. But at the moment, we're just not in that place. Hello, little one. Hello, beauty. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm going to have to go and play with my beautiful, beautiful son. He's in a good mood. And that's the only thing I want to do right now. Back in a few hours to talk a few more yogic themes. All right. Some hours later, now that baby is uh, sleeping-ish, I don't know, he's blinking his eyes open here and there, he may wake up, um, that is mom life and baby life, um, what I wanted to talk about today is, um, getting active again after, um, delivery of your baby, um, and the reason is that this week, oh my gosh, so longly and 
longly, is that a word? <laughs> um, I've anticipated and dreamed of this moment for so, so long. I went for my first postnatal run this week um, and did a few other, um, you know, movement patterns um, that were too high impact for me to do previously. An example of that being a variation of a burpee. <laughs> that might totally not be your thing if you're a yogi, but it was a huge thing of mine before I got pregnant. I loved, you know, kind of calisthenic, um, high impact uh, exercise um, as much as I enjoyed yoga, running, swimming, boxing, dancing, you know, a bunch of different stuff before I got pregnant. And I really had to kind of um, modify a lot when, excuse me, uh, when I was expecting my son. Just keeping an eye on him. I think he might have a little bit of a tummy bug today. Um, so he's pulling some slightly disgruntled faces even in his sleep. Poor thing. Um, anyway, so I went for my first postnatal run this week. It was shorty but a goodie. It was 10 minutes and even those 10 minutes were a minute of walking, a minute of running. So I did five minutes of running in total over the course of 10 minutes. Um, it challenged me for sure. Um, I weigh a lot more than the last time I went for a run. Um, and I, I do in the days afterwards mainly feel it. Um, in my legs and actually mostly around my ankles. <laughs> so um, I'm taking a break before I go for it again, but I am going to start to build that back up. My feet and my ankles, you know, the parts of your body that help you kind of stabilize and take a lot of the impact <laughs> when you are running. And also, I'm, you know, I haven't even been walking outside as much as I, as I had been um, previously, were in a slight state of shock, but generally doing okay. Um, so that was pretty exciting. And yeah, even just, you know, other exercises that I've been doing. Um, I mean, gosh, you know, attempting an upward facing dog after a C-section is also scary um, because you're stretching your front body, <laughs> which is where your scar was, you know. So um, there's just, and again, this is not advice as to when is the right time or not to incorporate this stuff. I had a doctor's appointment last week where I... Um, had my C-section scar checked out. It's now been, um, you know, around about three months um, since my delivery. So just to kind of put things in their context. But these were all things that, you know, I wasn't about to attempt maybe a month ago. And now the time is here and things are going well. Scar is feeling good. I'm kind of taking it easy, taking some rest in between things. But, oh, yeah, um, I'm breathing life back into my old kind of exercise routines and I'm having a really good time doing it. I'm a little bit sore in my muscles um, as I reintroduce new things. I haven't yet started working with any weights yet. Um, I'd like to have a month where I kind of go after everything I want to go after. So if I want to start running again, I run again. If I want to start doing burpees again, I do them again. Or squats or yoga or swimming or, you know, anything else that I want to do. Um, and once I've built that confidence and, you know, body is feeling happy and comfortable, comfortable enough with those things, 
then I'll think about adding some some load um, to my to my workouts. Um, I should say actually, and I don't know if I've covered this in the podcast before. I think strength based training is essential for any type of movement that you're into. It will help you with your yoga and yoga, you know, vice versa can help you with other forms of movement. But, you know, to really enjoy and thrive in any form of exercise, I think strength-based training has to be part of your routine. If you only do yoga, I think you're susceptible to injury. I really do. (laughs) I think, you know, just mainly kind of like... um, lengthening your muscles and just you know stretching and not doing any kind of pulling and you know um there's pushing in yoga for sure but not so much of the pulling um on your muscles um is not good uh same with running i think if you're just running and not you know building strength with it for sure you know you'll you'll end up getting injured um and i could say that about almost everything yeah so um i think if 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 you're into excuse me i was so tired today my goodness um because my little boy has been a little bit poorly he's needed me to hold him all through the night all through the day and i am a little bit more sleep deprived than usual and also just a little bit less recharged usually when he has a nap that is when i can kind of grab a cup of tea read a chapter of a book watch a tv show or just scroll on my phone you know just whatever it is that i would like to do during that time and i haven't really been able to today which has meant that you know, grabbing lunch, bathroom breaks, just, you know, brushing my teeth. (laughs) All of these things have been a bit of a chore because he has wanted to be held all day. So if I have had to put him down for a couple of minutes to get something for myself, he has been fussy and that is very stressful. Um, But we're doing okay. (laughs) And my partner in crime, my husband is going to be home in the next probably five minutes or so um and uh is is gonna be able to to give me a hand for the evening and I think I'm gonna go for a swim um but yeah I share I share my story of getting active again because um two things it was really hard for me to I don't know imagine a couple of months ago that this day would come and for me to really trust you know I think if if I were in the future to ever have more children I would have a lot more faith and trust you know that day will come and it is okay to just focus on rest and healing um I had never in my life had weeks and months on end where everyone around me was telling me to sit down and take it easy. (laughs) You spend your whole life being told it's really important not to be sedentary. And I found it a real mental discipline to just be still. Be still, but also not dangerously still, because you do still need to keep things moving. Um, I think you'll find when you have a baby, everything... Every everything contradicts each other. Take it easy, but be active. <laughs> Hold your baby, but don't pick anything up that's too heavy. You know, blah 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 blah. Um, the list goes on and on. So um, yeah. But I that it was just it was so 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 exciting. And now I I can't wait. I feel like the sky's the limit for the rest of the year, and I can really see myself taking on physical goals the way that I used to before I got pregnant, you know, running a 5k race, running a 10k race, going to a boxing class, um, you know, and not being afraid to move my body. You spend so many months 
when you're pregnant, at least I did, really afraid of any harm coming to your body because it could hurt the baby, because you could get injured. You know, you're cautioned so much. Um, and I, I find that that really, like, cumulatively over time, it, it does just, you know... I don't know what the best word for it, it becomes second nature, you know, I, I really feel often afraid to move my body in a way that is probably a little bit off kilter. Obviously, it's important, you know, to be mindful of risk and, <laughs> and, um, and, you know, practice any form of exercise with safety in mind first. But I do think that you know, now is a time when I should feel able to start taking more risk again and to enjoy the kind of the, the freedom and um, the pump, you know, that comes with really, really throwing yourself into exercise that you love um, or to movement that you love. Um, so that has been awesome. Um, yeah, so if I were to give myself advice again, other than the fact that you know, just have faith. Um, you won't like, I was really afraid somehow that I would just enjoy lounging around too much. If I allowed myself to do that, that I would just never get off the couch again. Not true. You know, I am the same person that I was before. I like to be fit and active. I'm enjoying it as much now as I did then. And my desire to do it again never went away. <laughs> so it's there and it's really powerful. So, um, that would be the first thing. Second thing it was so worth it to get support, um, you know, to check in with the GP to talk about exercise specifically. Um, because I found that GPs didn't necessarily raise that topic with me. Um, they would talk to me about how my healing was going, um, how the baby was developing, and they would talk about contraception, um, you know, in terms of asking you maybe about your lifestyle beyond just you know, the obvious, which is wound healing and mental health. Um, you know, they, they screened me a lot for postnatal depression and anxiety. Um, but yeah, no one was kind of proactively talking to me about exercise. I really had to raise those conversations. So, and, and I had positive conversations when I did. I obviously went to go see physiotherapist. I'm going to go again next week to have a little check-in as I kind of start back on this path. Um, so that I think, was definitely yeah worth its weight in gold um and i you know if it's if it's accessible to you would you know if if you're if you're someone who is postnatal or is going to be postnatal i would really recommend having those one to one conversations i think there's so many awesome resources out there when it comes to postnatal workouts and postnatal apps and fitness regimes but really the thing that made more of a difference to me were the one-to-one -one conversations with my GP. Um, if you can get a referral for physio, I would highly recommend that you seek that out <laughs> as well. Um, so yeah, um, you know, that, that was really, really important. Gave me a lot of confidence, um, to be able to progress and, you know, um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that I would add to that? Um, now that my son is a couple months old and I have kind of a better idea of when he's going to sleep, it does allow me to schedule my workouts. And of course, the good thing about that is it means that 
Um, I can plan to do workouts at home and kind of what I would call full length workouts. It was really hard for me to enjoy exercising at home or even contemplate exercising at home previously because I was always anticipating an interruption and I felt like the only way that I was able to manage some exercise <laughs> is if I got out of the house um, which might sound a little bit counterintuitive but I guess kind of makes sense to me so I would kind of get out in order to be able to work out because when I was at home I would get distracted if he was crying or obviously if he needed something and I was the only parent at home um, but also even if my partner was home it's really hard to kind of like sink into the body and let go and focus and go within um, as a new parent when you hear your baby fussing um, so yeah, now that I have a better idea of when he's going to be sleeping peacefully, I also just feel more confident to exercise at home as well. This past week I've managed to do, um, you know, I, I, I'm not even exaggerating, kind of 30 minutes of movement a day, like continuous <laughs> exercise <laughs> um, uh, every single day this week at home. And that I could not have imagined in the first few weeks of, you know, when we brought him home from the hospital. So um, that has been pretty awesome as well. Okay, my body positive word of the week is inspire. Um, I did not come up with this list if you've listened to the podcast, you'll know that. I bought a book off of Etsy called, I think, The Little Book of Body Positivity. And it had an A to Z of body positive words. And I just kind of wrote them out. And I'm choosing one each week or every other week and reflecting on it as I kind of heal the relationship with my body postnatally. So when I think about inspire, I think about the things that inspire me. And first and foremost, I'm inspired by my son. Or, you know, my son creates inspiration in me in that I hope to be inspiring to him. Um, I hope he sees someone who has a healthy relationship with themselves and with other people and... um you know, a cool career and someone who is ethical and kind and, um, you know, just a, a, a number of things. And um, yeah, having a healthy relationship to self is a huge, huge part of that. I'm really mindful that, you know, I, I don't want to see him. Um, I, I don't want him to see me. <laughs> criticizing myself or you know getting down on on myself I don't you know I, I want him I want to set the example of having a really positive relationship with myself and championing myself and having my own back and um, that kind of thing and as I always say to my husband you know yes he's very little at the moment and people are constantly reminding me, you know, of, of that, you know, um, and, and that's great in the context of, you know, don't worry if, uh, I don't know, if you 
used a curse word in front of the baby. You know, he doesn't even understand what it means. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, that example hasn't come up, but just illustratively. Um, but, you know, the truth is, okay, so when are you going to start forming the right habits once he does understand? <laughs> you know, it's just easier to lay those foundations now while he's little. And it means if you do make a mistake, um, that, you know, you have a little bit more grace to course correct <laughs> within reason. Um, so uh, what was I going to say? So I'm I'm really trying to, I'm really trying to lean into that at the moment and be you know, be the parent that I want for my son. And that's someone who, yeah, has a, has a healthy relationship to themselves, to their body, um, to, and, and the things that go along with, with body image, right. That includes, um, your relationship to food preparation, eating, um, exercise, movements. Um, I would even say, um, being social, um, I'd say a lot of the challenges that people have with food, eating and exercise go hand in hand with isolation. Um, so if you're feeling ashamed of your body in some way, isolating yourself, um, you know, declining invitations to meet up with people, to go to events and that kind of stuff because you're feeling too shy and too self-conscious and don't want to be seen, um, or, yeah, um, I, I guess in a nutshell, that, that is it. So I, for me, actually, when I think about relationship to the body and relationship to self, um, I think the extent to which you are out and socializing and meeting up with friends is a pretty leading indicator, amongst other things, with how well that is going. Um, within reason, right? I also think, you know, the flip is true. I've gone through periods of my life where I've had um, really negative body image where, or, you know, difficulty with eating and food behaviors and exercise where I've actually been very social, but it's tended to be, you know, me going out partying and kind of, um, maybe numbing the part of myself that is sitting in some pain over all of that. So, um, yeah, anyway, you know, there, there's, there's some balance to be struck between going out and, and having, you know, like healthy relationships with people and a healthy outlook on life and having fun. Um, so that's my number one. That's my number one. And that drives me enormously when I think about um, how I show up every day is the example that I want to set for my son. Um, um, so he, you know, in, in so many ways inspires me more more than anything and and anyone um the other thing that i don't know if this is inspiration or aspiration but i'll say this um when it comes to healing the relationship with myself uh my body my body image my any eating behaviors, exercise behaviors, because I, I do really think they all go hand in hand. Um, I have yet to meet someone who has body image issues who doesn't also have, in some ways, a complicated relationship with their eating, with their exercise, or some, some combination of the two. But, um, you know, one thing that really inspires me is being physically pain-free. Um, I cannot tell you 
how much harder it is <laughs> to be nursing a baby, to be picking up a baby, to be running around, to be pushing a pram, to be doing all of these things when I have a body that is experiencing pain. And in my experience, you know, the best way to um, to work on that, and again, I don't have a uh, medical you know, condition. Um, I just have spent a, a lot of time being pregnant <laughs> and then now I'm recovering from that. Um, so there's no kind of underlying medical condition there. You know, the path for me to heal and be pain-free is to have a healthy relationship with food and exercise, um, build a strong body, basically <laughs> build a strong body, um, that I feel confident in, you know? Um, so yeah, again, is that inspiration or is that aspiration? Maybe it's probably more the things that I'm aspiring towards rather than the things that inspire me. But I, I do imagine myself just being able to, you know, get up and go with him in the pram without thinking like, oh my gosh, everything is aching. Um, and it does sometimes feel that way. Um, this week in particular, I'm feeling really sore again through parts of my back. Um, I think baby has just had quite a big growth spurt. He has gone to just eating so much this week, <laughs> which means that I'm spending a lot more time with equipment strapped to my front in order to get as much milk as possible. Um, that is exhausting. It's also very just physically heavy <laughs> to be strapping on equipment and building more milk and, you know, and I'm trying to keep up my hydration levels and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, that is tricky in and of itself baby with the increased appetite has also all of a sudden increased in weight. So as I'm kind of, you know, putting him down for his nappy changes, for his naps, when I'm picking him up, even if I'm doing it really mindfully and with the best form possible, ultimately it is extra load all of the time <laughs> through, um, well, actually all of my body. I'm, I'm feeling it kind of all, all over. I'm uh, going through a fresh round of aches and pains this week as he has increased his, um, you know, need, need for food and has had a little growth spurt. I'm, I'm unbelievably proud to watch him grow. Um, even though it is bittersweet when he kind of grows out of a new clothing size, um, it is really exciting watching him develop and watching him get bigger, but it's physically tough. And, um, I am not going to be able to keep up with it, at least in a way that preserves my mental and physical health. If I'm not stepping up in terms of, yeah, hydrating enough, continuing to push on good nutrition, um, making sure that I'm really physically strong. You know, I, I, or I, at the moment, now that I'm at a place where I can exercise, um, and exercise a bit more high impact, I actually feel like I need to, you know, train ahead, right? So <laughs> I need to be lifting weights that are heavier than him. I need to be squatting heavier than him. I need to, you know, I need to be doing these things so that by the time he reaches that weight, I'm on to the next, you know? <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, it's tricky, but yeah, anyway, so, um, yeah, that, that is it. That's a huge thing, I guess, in terms of, you know, and, and something that I associate with me building a strong 
functional body. And that for me is like the, a really healthy, happy relationship when I feel like I'm confident in my body. You know, my body can do this. My body can run, it can lift, it can push, it can pull, it can, you know, it can run for a bus, I can jump, I can lift up my baby, you know, like, even as I'm talking about it, I feel buzzy and excited and proud of myself just thinking about it. So yeah, feeling pain, pain free, and, you know, training in a way that focuses on establishing a strength that allows me to not feel pain <laughs> um, is one of my biggest motivations always has been um within exercise I've never been someone and I, and I am being very very honest here my main drive when it comes to working out and eating well um has never been the aesthetic I've never been someone who has had that expectation of myself to look a certain way um certainly in my life when I've been um really heavyweight um, in the past. And I would say I'm somewhere on that spectrum now after having given birth. Um, for sure. It, when I've walked through life in those shoes, it is harder. People react really differently to me when I was really grossly overweight versus when I was, um, within a quote unquote normal weight range. Um, it's just the truth of it. I don't think people, you know, <laughs> want to admit to that. But like we do live in a society that that um, really treats people differently. And what I find horrifying when you try and have that discussion are the people who start saying, oh, we shouldn't be glorifying or supporting certain types of bodies. And I, I just feel like whose business is it of yours to be commenting on anyone else's body, you know, like, it's just not your business. It is really not your business. Someone else's body is not yours to comment on, to judge, to have an opinion about, for you to claim some kind of almost intellectual ownership over, as if you're entitled to an opinion. Um, that really grinds my gears when I hear it. Anyway, <laughs> um, my point is I've witnessed the difference and I was angry. I used to get really angry when, you know, I found it easier to make friends with women. I found it easier to get attention from men when I had lost a lot of weight and I would get angry. Um, I would get angry when people were friendly to me um, and I always used to think you wouldn't have looked at me twice, you know, two years ago, like... I, and I, I just, I had a lot of rage. I had a lot of rage <laughs> after um, a period of significant weight loss because I, I all of a sudden I, I, I really felt it was deafening to me how, um, how invisible I had been to people when I had looked different. Um, not everyone, obviously. I had that, you know, some of my very, very, very best friends <laughs> um, are from those periods of my life but um yeah even even then when I decided that I wanted to lose weight and it became a, a really big focus of mine during that period of time uh the focus for me was on pain on on physical pain I was having all kinds of um symptoms that 
no, they weren't triggered by my weight, but I felt like my body might find it easier to recover from things if I were a lower weight. And by virtue of that, I would find it easier to, you know, get out, be physically active. I was more encouraged to get out in fresh air. Um, just my mobility improved, just all, all kinds of things. So I, I did find overall, it had a tremendously positive impact on my overall health. Um, when, when I lost a lot of weight. Um, but yeah, the, the quote unquote looking better and, you know, having more positive reactions from people, uh, never made me feel good. It made me feel really, really angry. Uh, made me feel angry for the person, you know, that I had been and, and for everyone else out there who is living in a bigger body. Um, yeah, anyway, little off piste, um, but those are my thoughts on topic inspire. On that very topic, it is time for me to wrap up. It is at this point (laughs) Saturday morning because I took a little bit longer to finish recording the last segment than I anticipated. Uh, My husband and baby have just popped out to the local coffee shop for a little father-son outing, which means that I have a little bit of time to myself and I am going to use it to escape to the gym. I don't know yet if I'm actually gonna exercise while I'm there. They have kind of a cool um, coffee bar. (laughs) Um, uh, They also have a section within that for adults only that I think could be a dreamy place for me to go and sit with my headphones on and no one will be able to find me for an hour. Ah, sounds like heaven. (laughs) Mom on jailbreak. Um, So that's my plan, but I got a motor. I'm still in my pajamas and I got five minutes to get ready. Otherwise I'm going to miss my train. So I got to bounce. I'll see you next week.